Welcome to the By Way of Commandment podcast, a podcast dedicated to the study of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the finer points of his doctrine. Join us as we study the gospel through the scriptures and standard works of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Welcome to another episode of the By Way of Commandment podcast. I'm your host, Jacob. Today, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I had originally planned to record a different podcast today, but there's been something weighing pretty heavily on my mind over the last few weeks and certainly the last few days as I've been struggling to put together some of my, my notes. And so I'm going to go a little bit off the cuff today and share some thoughts that I've been having, and I hope that you'll bear with me. Now, as many of you know, over the last few weeks, there's been quite a bit of commotion coming from the Middle East between Israel and Hamas and Palestine, all of that region. And it's been a little unsettling to see how that has played out and how it has bled into politics and uh, what's going on here and how it's being perceived by people here in the United States, both inside and outside the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, over the course of the last few weeks, what's been so disturbing to me, and I'm sure to many of you as well, is how people have picked sides between Israel and Palestine. Unfortunately, I have seen many Christians uh, of other denominations, as well as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who have engaged in some rather hateful rhetoric regarding Israel. Now, I'm not going to endeavor to get into politics too much on this podcast. However, I did think that it was necessary at this point to talk about what's going on in the Middle East and the origins of Israel and that that land that they inhabit and what's going on in the Middle East and really the eternal destiny of Israel. So as I've mentioned, I've seen quite a bit of hatred and anti-Semitic rhetoric coming from many people who claim to be Christians, who claim to be members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And as I'm seeing all this, I'm thinking to myself, how much do we really know the scriptures? How well do we know the scriptures? How well do we understand Israel's role in the last days? And how well do we understand the Abrahamic covenant and what is to happen to Israel in the last days? Now, this podcast and everything that we talk about in this podcast presupposes that these are in fact the last days as foretold by scripture. So with that being said, in studying the Book of Mormon, one of my absolute favorite chapters is 2 Nephi chapter 29. This is uh, famously the chapter in the Book of Mormon where the Lord essentially tells us that he commands all the tribes of Israel, all the different nations of the earth, to write his word, and in the last days that all all the nations will have his word through both the the Jews and the lost tribes of Israel and the Nephites, etc. Now you may be thinking as you read through this chapter, well doesn't this chapter really start in the previous chapter? Doesn't all of this really, this whole idea doesn't start in chapter 28? And I think you would be correct in in saying that. However, I think this actually goes back much further. The entire content of 2 Nephi 29 really starts in Genesis in the Bible. So I wanted to turn to Genesis chapter 12. Now in Genesis chapter 12, the first few verses here, we learn about Abraham, whereas that time he was called Abram and his wife Sariah and the covenant or promise that God makes to Abraham. And the first three verses of that chapter state, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will shew thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, 
and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Here's the first institution of this covenant between God and Abram, where Abraham, or Abram, is to be a blessing to all the nations, that all the families of the earth shall be blessed through Abraham. Now, this covenant between God and Abram is given again in chapter 17 with some further clarity. And what we'll learn through this covenant between Abraham and God is that God really blesses Abraham with a few different things. He's blessed with posterity, children who become many nations. He's blessed with land, an actual land inheritance promised to him. And he's blessed with the gospel to come through his lineage, through his posterity. And that through his posterity, the gospel will be uh, given to the earth. So if we read in Genesis chapter 17, verses 2 through 8, we read, And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So particularly in the last two verses, verse 7 and 8, we learn that this covenant between God and Abraham is an everlasting covenant. It is forever. Now we have a little bit of a dilemma here. Sariah has not been able to conceive a child. And so, as the story goes, Hagar, Sariah's handmaid, is essentially married to Abraham, and she conceives and bears a son and calls him Ishmael. So if we're going to understand what's going on in the Middle East today and what's happened through the Middle East in various uh, points in, in our Earth's history, we have to understand who Ishmael is. In this very same chapter, chapter 17, the Lord speaks about Ishmael. In verses 19 through 21, the Lord says, And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. So despite the fact that Ishmael was born several years before Isaac, the covenant was to pass from Abraham to Isaac, not to Ishmael. Of course, we read that Ishmael was greatly blessed by the Lord as well, that he would be the father of many people. He'd be very fruitful, and his people wouldn't have it a great nation. So it's not exactly like Ishmael was totally left in the dust, high and dry, with no blessing. He was certainly blessed by the Lord. However, the covenant... The Abrahamic covenant was to pass through to Isaac. Now, Ishmael and Isaac went on to have many posterity of their own. Of course, we know that Isaac eventually had his sons Jacob and Esau. Jacob, who eventually became father of the 12 tribes of Israel, and who received the same covenant that his father Isaac 
and his grandfather Abraham received from the Lord. We also know that Ishmael became the father of the Philistines, who are essentially, at this point in time, in our modern day, 2021, Ishmael is really the father of Islam, the father of Palestine and the Arab nations in the Middle East. Now, these are great, powerful nations. These are nations of many people, and these scriptures have been fulfilled as far as Ishmael goes. So in modern day, we quite literally have the posterity of Isaac and Jacob, the 12, you know, the 12 tribes of Israel. We have the posterity of Israel and the posterity of Ishmael all in the Middle East. And many of the wars and much of the turmoil that has taken place throughout the centuries and into our modern day, 2021, has to do between these warring factions of essentially the same family the posterity of Ishmael pitted against the posterity of Isaac and Israel. Now, many years since that day that Abraham, Isaac, and eventually Jacob were blessed with this covenant, the Israelites found themselves in bondage in Egypt. And it wasn't until the Lord raised up Moses as a prophet unto them that they were redeemed or essentially saved from slavery from the Egyptians, left to wander out in the wilderness for a period of time before they were eventually given to their lands of promise, the land of inheritance, which of course we know was Israel. Now many hundreds of years later, Israel eventually divided into two nations. The northern kingdom was Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Now within Judah was the city of Jerusalem, where the temple was. And because of this, the tribe of Judah with the tribe of Levi and Benjamin as well inhabited this southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom was composed of the other tribes of Israel, including Ephraim and Manasseh, who were Joseph's sons. The northern kingdom and the southern kingdom for many years were enemies and were not able to be reconciled. And somewhere around 740 BC, the northern kingdom of Israel was taken captive by Assyria. And only a few years after being taken captive, were they released or did they escape? And instead of returning back to their home country in the northern kingdom of Israel. Instead, they scattered and went up north, and as the scriptures describe, they became lost. Now, those tribes today are referred to by many as the lost tribes of Israel. The southern kingdom of Judah, however, remained for a period of time until around 600 BC, or a little bit later, until about 597 BC, when Judah was taken captive by Babylon. Now, a few years later, around 537 BC or so, under the rule of King Cyrus, the Jews were allowed to return to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple and rebuild their city and begin to worship again. And the Jews remained in Jerusalem and in Israel from that point on to the time of Christ. Unfortunately, however, the Jews were again scattered by the Romans in about 70 AD. And from that point until the time of the restoration of the church through Joseph Smith, the Jews had largely been concentrated in other parts of the world and had not been able to make it back to Israel. Now, if we turn to the Book of Mormon, at the very end of 2 Nephi chapter 28 and into the first few verses of chapter 29, we read, Woe be unto the Gentiles, saith the Lord God of hosts, for notwithstanding I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day, they will deny me. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord God, if they will repent and come unto me. For mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. Now this is speaking of our day, the modern day Gentiles, uh, during the days of the restoration of the church. And chapter 29 begins, But behold, there shall be many at that day, 
when I shall proceed to do a marvelous work among them, that I may remember my covenants, which I have made unto the children of men, that I may set my hand again the second time to recover my people, which are of the house of Israel. So at some point, when the Lord begins to do a marvelous work among the Gentiles, which, by the way, is the restoration of the church of Jesus Christ, the Lord will again set his hand a second time to recover his people of the house of Israel. And he continues, And also that I may remember the promises which I have made unto thee, Nephi, and also unto thy father, that I would remember your seed, and that the words of your seed should proceed forth out of my mouth unto your seed. And my words shall hiss forth unto the ends of the earth, for a standard unto my people which are of the house of Israel. And because my word shall hiss forth, many of the Gentiles shall say, A Bible, a Bible, we have a Bible, and there cannot be any more Bible. But thus saith the Lord God, O fools, they shall have a Bible, and it shall proceed forth from the mouth of the Jews, mine ancient covenant people. And what thank they the Jews for the Bible which they receive from them? Yea, what do the Gentiles mean? Do they remember the travails and the labors and the pains of the Jews? and their diligence unto me in bringing forth salvation unto the Gentiles? O ye Gentiles, have ye remembered the Jews, mine ancient covenant people? Nay, but ye have cursed them, and have hated them, and have not sought to recover them. But behold, I will return all these things upon your own heads, for I the Lord have not forgotten my people. One of the reasons this chapter is one of my favorites is because this is one of the sharpest rebukes that the Lord gives in all of the Book of Mormon. This is a rebuke from the Lord to us, the Latter-day Church and the Latter-day Gentiles, who have not sought to recover his ancient covenant people, the Jews. But instead, we have cursed them, we've hated them, we've completely forgotten them. And yet, all we have originated with them through the Abrahamic covenant. The entire gospel of Jesus Christ came through the posterity and lineage of Abraham. The scriptures themselves, the Bible, came from the Jews, and yet we've treated the Jews like a thing of naught. It's been really disheartening to see this play out over the last few weeks as I've watched members of the church, that's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who, by the way, are Latter-day Covenant Israel, hiss out cursings and threatenings and all manner of evil against the Jews in Israel. I, I might expect to see some of this from others outside of the church, certainly those who may not be Christian, but to see these things take place and coming from members of our own faith who ought to know better has been really disheartening and has been really the motivation for this episode today. It is my hope, brothers and sisters, that in sharing these scriptures with you, in sharing my testimony with you, that we can turn to our Father in heaven and to each other and seek to gather Israel and seek to recover those of the other tribes of Israel, including the Jews. The point in sharing all of these scriptures, and what I'm going to share from here on out in this episode, is to learn about the role of Israel in the last days, and our role as members of Latter-day Covenant Israel. If we turn to Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, Jeremiah is prophesying about the last days, and specifically Latter-day Israel, and he says starting in verse 17, At that time they, the Jews, shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered unto it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. 
neither shall they walk any more after the imagination of their heart. In those days the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the land of the north to the land that I have given for an inheritance unto your fathers. So in these last days, the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah shall be reconciled and shall walk together and shall come together out of the land of the north and back to their inheritance, to the inheritance of their fathers, back to Jerusalem, which they shall call the throne of the Lord. So at this point in the last days, the Jews shall forsake the evil in their heart. Judah and Israel shall be reunited and shall walk together and shall inhabit the lands of their inheritance namely Jerusalem, and the lands round about it, and all the nations shall be gathered unto it, and to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. If we turn back to 2 Nephi 29, the the bulk of the middle of the chapter here, I'm going to read through it, and I'm going to skip around just a little bit, but basically verses 6 through 13 or so says, Speaking to us, the Lord says, Thou fool that shall say a Bible, we have got a Bible, and we need no more Bible. Have ye obtained a Bible, save it were by the Jews? Uh, No, we haven't. It's because of them we have it. Know ye not that there are more nations than one? Know ye not that I, the Lord your God, have created all men, and that I remember those who are upon the isles of the sea, and that I rule in the heavens above and in the earth beneath, and I bring forth my word unto the children of men, yea, even upon all the nations of the earth? Wherefore murmur ye, because that ye shall receive more of my word? Know ye not that the testimony of two nations is a witness unto you that I am God, that I remember one nation like unto another? Wherefore, I speak the same words unto one nation, like unto another. And when the two nations shall run together, the testimony of the two nations shall run together also. And I do this, that I may prove unto many that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that I speak forth my words according to mine own pleasure. And because that I have spoken one word, ye need not suppose that I cannot speak another. For my work is not yet finished, neither shall it be until the end of man neither from that time henceforth and forever. Wherefore, because that ye have a Bible, ye need not suppose that it contains all my words, neither need ye suppose that that I have not caused more to be written. For I command all men, both in the east and in the west, and in the north and in the south, and in the islands of the sea, that they shall write the words which I speak unto them. For out of the books which shall be written, I will judge the world." every man according to their works, according to that which is written. For behold, I shall speak unto the Jews, and they shall write it. And I shall also speak unto the Nephites, and they shall write it. And I shall also speak unto the other tribes of the house of Israel, which I have led away, and they shall write it. And I shall also speak unto all nations of the earth, and they shall write it. And it shall come to pass that the Jews shall have the words of the Nephites, and the Nephites shall have the words of the Jews. And the Nephites and the Jews shall have the words of the lost tribes of Israel. And the lost tribes of Israel shall have the words of the Nephites and the Jews. So at some future point, after the restoration of the church of Jesus Christ, we're going to have not only the Bible, the words of the Jews, but we're also going to have the words of the Nephites, okay, the Book of Mormon, and we're going to have the words or the books from the, from the lost tribes of Israel. Now, we learn the same concept in our Old Testament in Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 15 through 17, when we read, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick, and write upon it for Judah, and for the children of Israel his companions. Then take another stick, and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel his companions. 
and joined them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thine hand. Now a stick in, in Hebrew means book. It's a, essentially a wooden tablet that they would record scriptures on. So we have the stick of Judah and the stick of Joseph or Ephraim. Then in the last days, those two books, the book of Judah and the book of Ephraim or Joseph, shall be joined together and shall be one in thine hand. Well, we know where the book of Judah is. That's the Bible. When we understand that the words of the Nephites, the Book of Mormon, that the Nephites themselves were of the tribe of Joseph, we understand that the Book of Mormon is, in fact, the stick of Joseph and the stick of Ephraim. And this includes the Doctrine and Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price as well. So we quite literally, during the restoration of, of the church in these last days, we literally have the Book of Judah and the Book of Joseph together we have literally seen the fulfillment of this prophecy that the book of Judah and the book of Joseph have become one, and we have them all here in the standard works in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, how does this specifically relate to the role of Israel in the last days? If we continue reading through the end of the chapter of Ezekiel, starting with about verse 20, we read of a prophecy that Ezekiel gives regarding the gathering of Israel in the last days. And this is what the Lord says, and the sticks whereon thou writest shall be in thine hand before their eyes, and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen. Now the heathen could also be a term for Gentiles or the Gentile nations. And I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen or Gentiles, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be king to them all, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. So at some point, the lost tribes of Israel have to return. Israel has to be gathered. The Jews have to be gathered back to their homelands with the other tribes of Israel. And the two nations shall become one nation again, and they shall have, they shall have one king. And that king shall be Jesus Christ. And the verse continues, Neither shall they defile themselves any more, talking about the Israelites, with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places, wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them. So shall they be my people, and I will be their God. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. Now, at this point, King David uh, has been dead for many, many years. And because we know this is a Latter-day prophecy, and we read it in context, this King David is really Christ. So it should read, And Christ shall be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land, land, that I have given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt. And they shall dwell therein, even they and their children and their children's children forever. And my servant, David, or Jesus Christ, shall be their prince forever. And again it says, Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. So not only will the lost tribes return, Israel is gathered, the Jews are gathered, but Christ will be in their midst, he will be their king, it will be one nation, and it will be in the land of their inheritance that was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it shall be their land forever. This is an everlasting covenant. 
And furthermore, the Lord continues, And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. So not only will they be gathered, Christ shall be their king, this everlasting covenant shall continue, but they will also have in their midst the Lord himself, Jesus Christ, and a sanctuary or tabernacle shall be with them, and the heathens or the Gentiles shall know that the Lord has sanctified Israel. So in the last days, we know how this plays out. That land of Israel will be given to the Jews and to the house of Israel forever, and Christ shall be their king. He shall be our king over all the earth. And Ezekiel is not the only prophet who prophesied this. We have to understand that many of the prophets in the Old Testament have prophesied of these things. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Malachi, Zechariah. These prophecies are all over the place. We just need to read them. We just need to look for them. Now, immediately before the second coming of Christ, we receive this prophecy from Zechariah that says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh... And thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee, for I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Are we seeing that now? I think so. I think we're going to continue to see that until Christ comes. And the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet, whose feet? The Lord's feet. And Christ's feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem, on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. So in that day when Jerusalem is surrounded on all sides by warring nations who have come up to battle against them, half the city shall be taken, and it will be Jesus Christ himself who shall stand on the Mount of Olives and who shall come to their aid and shall fight their battles for them. It is Jesus Christ who will redeem them both temporally and spiritually. In verse 9 it says, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord. Now, I encourage everyone to go back and read Zechariah chapter 14. Read Ezekiel 37. Read the words of Isaiah, Malachi, Daniel, Revelation. Study these things. For when we study the scriptures, when we learn what the Lord has already said, and what he continues to say through our modern, modern prophets and apostles, there can be no mistaking that the Abrahamic covenant is still over the house of Israel. And that includes our brothers and sisters, the Jews. The very last verse of the 29th chapter of 2 Nephi, that great rebuke from the Lord in the Book of Mormon, says in verse 14, And it shall come to pass that my people, which are of the house of Israel, shall be gathered home unto the lands of their possessions. And my word also shall be gathered in one. And I will show unto them that fight against my word and against my people, who are of the house of Israel, that I am God and that I covenanted with Abraham that I would remember his seed forever. Brothers and sisters, there can be no mistaking here. The word of the Lord is clear. His hand is over Israel. 
His hand is over the house of Israel generally, and it's over the Jews who are in the Middle East. And no matter how many nations come up to fight against them, and no matter how much tribulation they may endure, eventually the Lord will fight their battles, and the Lord will destroy the nations and those who lift up their voice and make war against Israel. And when that day happens, there can be no mistaking. The Lord has covenanted with Israel forever. The last thing I want to say before we close out this episode is that it is our responsibility as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to gather the house of Israel. We received this counsel through the scriptures. We received this mandate through the scriptures. We received this mandate almost every general conference since President Nelson became prophet of the church. And he has made it very clear that our mandate to gather Israel has never been more important than right now today. So my question for each of us to ask ourselves is how are we going to gather Israel? What are we going to do? What are you going to do? What am I going to do to gather Israel? And I want to say something to those Christians of other denominations, of other faiths, as well as members of the church who harbor some negative feelings towards the Jews in Israel, who have maybe harbored some anti-Semitic feelings and have maybe taken the side of Palestine. Have you read the scriptures? Now, I'm not condoning all of the actions of the Jews in Israel, nor am I giving a pass to all of the actions of the Jews in Israel. And I'm certainly not condemning everything that the Palestinians have done. If we look hard enough, we will find fault in both sides. How can we, brothers and sisters, gather Israel if we harbor ill feelings towards the Jews who are of the house of Israel, the tribe of Judah and Levi and Benjamin? How can Israel and Judah reconcile if we, as members of the house of Israel, continue to fight against Judah? For those of you who may be listening and are more sympathetic towards Palestine, I would ask you to seriously consider these scriptures and seriously consider the fate and the role that Israel plays in the last days and the promised blessings that the Lord has given to Israel. Brothers and sisters, I know that in the last days, Israel will be gathered. The lost tribes will be recovered and Israel shall be restored to the lands of their inheritance. I know that Jesus Christ will stand on the Mount of Olives and that he shall fight our battles for us. And at that future day, he shall stand on the earth and he shall be our king. And there shall be one king and one shepherd over all the earth. As anything we talk about in this podcast, these are my opinions. I do not represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint in any official capacity. These are simply things that I'm studying, things that I'm interested in. And as I mentioned earlier, these are things that have been weighing heavily on me in the last few weeks. And I felt the need to write this down and, and record this and get this out. And again, I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging with me. And I hope that some of this has been informational. I I hope that it's been at least thought-provoking. And if anything, I hope that this gives us some of the scriptures and tools that we need to better understand our role as Latter-day Covenant Israel in the task of gathering the rest of scattered Israel and our role in supporting the Jews who are in the Middle East. If you found this episode helpful or insightful in any way, please hit the like button and subscribe to hear further episodes as they're released. And where available, don't hesitate to comment. And if I missed anything, if I missed any scriptures, or if I'm 
Uh, if I stand in need of being corrected about something, then by all means, you can find us at bywayofcommandment.com. You can leave your comments there or on our YouTube channel at By Way of Commandment or on whatever podcast app that you use. Again, I want to say thank you for listening, and until next time, bye.